In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. The Gospel of today actually is from the discourse that the Lord made with his disciples on covenant Thursday after he gave them his body and his blood and few hours before going to Gethsemane and being arrested there and all the journey of crucifixion started. One of the things actually that the Lord highlighted in his discourse with the disciples at that night, the restoration of the relationship with the Father. As he said, for the Father himself loves you because you have loved me and have believed that I came forth from the Father. Also, he said, now you can communicate with the Father directly. In that day, you will ask in my name, and I do not say to you that I shall pray the Father for you. So, our relationship with God the Father was severed and damaged since the fall of Adam and Eve. And there, were, there was enmity with the Father, and people could not approach the Father. In order to approach the Father, you have to approach him through a mediator. This mediator was either a priest or a prophet. The prophet is the one actually who carried the message from the Father to the people. Like Moses, people, God said to Moses, let no one approach the mountain. Otherwise, he will die. So people stayed away. And Moses ascended on the mountain, spoke with the Father, descended, and delivered the message to the people. So the prophets, God spoke to the, to the people in the Old Testament through the prophets. And if you want to pray or you present any uh, request to God, it has to go through the priest. And the priest, not anyone can be a priest, only the descendant of Aaron, only this family can approach God. And when Korah, Dathan, and Abiram tried to approach God and make themselves priests, God was very displeased with them because no one can approach the Father. And the earth opened its mouth and swallowed them. So if you want to present a request to the Father, it has to go through a priest. So the priest carried the requests of the people to the Father. And the prophet carried message from God the Father to the people. And St. Paul also explained this in Hebrew chapter 1, verse 1, when he said, God in the former time spoke to our forefathers through the prophets, not directly. Then 
God actually want to reconcile us to himself. The Father want to restore the relationship with us. So he sent his Son. You know we believe in the Holy Trinity, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. These are three distinguished hypostases. So the Father is not the Son, is not the Holy Spirit. They are distinguished. Although they are one, they are contained in each other. They are one, but they are distinguished. So the Father sent his Son, we say in many uh, verses in the hymns of the church through the pleasure of the Father. So the incarnation of the Son was done through the pleasure and the approval and the goodwill of the Father. So the Son came to the world for many reasons. To die on the cross, to save us from our sins, to give us eternal life, to renew our nature, many, many things. But one of the goals of the Incarnation is to restore our relationship with the Father after it was severed and after it was damaged. So the Son came and became a mediator between the Father and us. And this is what St. Paul said also in Hebrews chapter 1. God, in the former times, spoke to our forefathers through the prophets. But now, he is speaking to us through his Son, Jesus Christ. And whoever believed in the Son and accepted the Son as Lord, as God, as Savior, as groom. Just when we accept the Son, this in itself, instantly, will restore our relationship with God, the Father. As you heard in the Gospel of today, for the Father himself loves you. Why? Because you have loved me and have believed that I came forth from God. So, believing in the Son and accepting Him as our Savior and our Lord and our Groom, this restored our relationship with the Father. Because the Son is in the Father and the Father is in the Son. So if we are reconciled and we became one with the Son, so in Him, in the Son, we will be children of God the Father. Because He is the Son of the Father. So if we became one with the Son, in Him, we will be children of God the Father. And actually, uh, when the Lord spoke about the uh, scribes and Pharisees who rejected him. He said, because they did not know me, neither they knew my father. 
And when he said about the persecution of the church, he said, and they will do so to you. So means they will persecute you. Because they had neither known me nor my father. So the enemies of the church and the enemies of Christianity, the main reason, because they did not know the son, consequently, their relationship with the father was not actually restored. Nobody can be reconciled with the father through any other way. Nobody. If anybody wants to make a relationship with the father, not through his son Jesus Christ, it is not accepted. That's why the Lord Jesus Christ said, no one can come to the Father except through me. No one can come to the Father except through me. If you remember yesterday in our Bible study from Luke chapter 10, the Lord said, no one knows the Father except the Son. And no one knows the Son except the Father. And then he said, no one knows the Father except the Son and the one who the Son wills to reveal him. So, to know the Father, it is through the will of the Son. No one knows the Father except the one who the, whom the Son wills to reveal him. So it is the will of the Son to reveal the Father to us. Then the question, to whom the Son will reveal the knowledge of the Father? Those who accepted the Son and those who believe in the Son and those who became in unity with the Son. In Colossians chapter 2 and verse 2, St. Paul spoke about the knowledge of the mystery of the Father. So he said that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love and attaining to all riches of the full assurance of understanding, to the knowledge of the mystery of God, both of the Father and of Christ. So, St. Paul spoke about two things here. The first one, the riches of the full, full assurance of understanding. To understand the mystery of the Holy Trinity and to be assured of the Holy Trinity, no doubt in your heart, this is actually a very rich knowledge. This knowledge will enrich your life, will enrich your spirituality. That's why St. Paul uh, described attaining to all riches, this rich belong to what? To the full assurance of what? Of understanding. So understanding the mystery of 
the Holy Trinity. And to have the full assurance, the confidence of the existence of the Holy Trinity and their relationship, the relationship of the three hypostases with us, this actually will enrich your life. We will enrich your spirituality. And then the second point he spoke about it, then to the knowledge of the mystery of God, both of the Father and of Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So, no one can actually understand the mystery of the Father, the mystery of the Son, the mystery of the Holy Spirit, except through this relationship. In the same letter, Colossians chapter 1, verse 4, he speaks about how the Father made us qualified or worthy to accept the inheritance. So he said, we give thanks to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you. So he, now he is giving thanks to God the Father. Since we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of your love for all sins, because of the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, of which you heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel. So he's giving thanks to God the Father because the Father is the one actually who made us, made, made us actually qualified to the inheritance of the kingdom of heaven, the hope in heaven. Do you know how he made us qualified to this inheritance? The explanation is a beautiful explanation in Romans chapter 8. Let me explain it first and then I will read it to you. The explanation here, when the son came to the world, he came as a groom. So when we accept him and we are his bride, we will be one with the son. So in the son, in the son, only in the, we will be children of the father. And who's eligible for inheritance? Only the children. We are not in ch children by nature. But we became in ch children when we are united with the son. So, if we are children, then we are heirs of the kingdom. But heirs with the son, not away from the son. In Romans 8, uh, verse 15, he said, for you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, like in the old covenant, but you received the spirit of adoption because the Holy Spirit is the one who unites us with the Son, is the one who is performing or officiating the marriage between the Son and us. By whom? Through the Holy Spirit that we received in baptism and in the chrismation, we cry out, Abba, Father. So now we can call God our Father. You know, in the church, if there is one who is not baptized, he cannot say the Lord's Prayer. He is only allowed to say the Lord's Prayer and to call God our Father only in baptism. 
after baptism he became son and now through the Holy Spirit he can call God Abba, Father verse 16 the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God you know, if two people are married and then anybody says no, they are not married who can bear witness? the priest the priest will come and say no I married them. I officiated their crowning ceremony. So, bears witness here. In the same way, if Satan made accusation against us who are not children of God the Father, so the Holy Spirit will bear witness. No. They were baptized. They were born again from the water and spirit. And they received the spirit in chrismation. They are united with Christ in communion. They are children. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Then verse 17, He explains how we became qualified. And if children, if we are truly children, then heirs, then we will inherit. Heirs of God, the Father, and joint heirs with Christ. You cannot inherit if you are separate from Christ joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, with Christ, that we may also be glorified together. Why am I speaking about this? You know, in our time, most of our relationship and most of our prayers, uh, personal prayers, we speak to the Son. And this is great. Nothing wrong to speak with the Son. But if one of the goals of the Incarnation is to restore our relationship with the Father, then we need actually to live and actualize this relationship with the Father and to speak to the Father. As a matter of fact, more than 85% of all the prayers, either in the Agbaya or in the liturgy, or in the psalm, the psalmody, or any liturgical prayer, are addressed to the Father. More than 85% are addressed to the Father. But, unfortunately, we, more than 99%, our relationship is with the Son. Very little interaction with the Father and with the uh, Holy Spirit. And, and, and there are two points here or issues here. The first point, many of us, we don't distinguish between the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So when they speak to the Son, they perceive they are speaking to the Father, or they are speaking to the Father, they perceive they are speaking to the Son. Many of us actually, when we say, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, we believe that we are talking to the Son. In reality, we are not talking to the Son. We are talking to the Father. That's why in the conclusion we say, in Christ Jesus our Lord. So we are not talking to the Son. We are talking to the Father. So, if, if in your mind, imagine that the Son is the Father and the, the Son is the Holy Spirit, this is actually a heresy that the church fought against it. It's called the heresy of Sibelius. Sibelius came and said, you know, the Father and Son and the Holy Spirit, 
are three names to the same being. Three names to the same being. Like one has two or three names. But no. The Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are not three names. They are three beings. But they are in contained in one another. And the second point I'd like to, to tell you, or the second issue, what distinguishes Christianity from any other religion that Christianity has the revelation of the true God, that he is triune God, Trinity, three in one. No other religion has this revelation. No other religion has this revelation. Because in reality, they don't know the true God. That's why all other religions, they made an image about God in their mind. And then they worship this image. So it's like a form of idolatry because they are making image in their mind about God. And this perception or this image, they are worshiping. So if you are worshiping God without having this, this, uh, this discernment that he is triune God, then how you are different from any other religion that worshiping God as only one and not Trinity in Him. Then you are losing this richness that St. Paul spoke about. You are losing this mystery of God the Father and of the Son that St. Paul spoke about. So we will be poor spiritually like any other religion. But our relationship with the Holy Trinity will enrich your life, will enrich your understanding, will enrich your spirituality. So I am calling all of you uh, as exercise on the gospel of today when the Lord told us, I will not leave the Father for you, for the Father himself loves you because you have loved me and you believed that I came forth from the Father. I want all of us to start talking to the Father. Your relationship with the Father is restored, is not severed anymore, is not damaged anymore. Enjoy this relationship with the Father and with the Son and with the Holy Spirit. And you will enjoy the riches of all assurance of understanding and of the mystery of the knowledge of God the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. We thank Christ our Lord who came to restore this damaged relationship with the Father and we returned to the bosom of the Father through Him, through Jesus Christ, through our unity with Him we return to the bosom of the Father Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.